we believe it because we're caught in it and we become it. So when you do what we've just done, and the reason that changed my shift is because for the first time ever, I could take a breath and actually observe my thought pattern. Ooh, that was negative. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to listen to that. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Burnt Chef Journal, a hospitality-specific podcast dedicated to challenging mental health stigma and conversations designed to inspire a new, healthier, happier, and more sustainable hospitality profession. This week, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Shane from Jasper Wellbeing. Shane is a breathwork coach, a life coach, a meditation specialist. He is an incredible human being who has been a chef for 20 odd years and experienced mental illness and addictions and various other things and has really transformed his belief system, his way of life and has seen marked improvements in his overall health and well-being. And so he joins me to talk about the things that he's learned during his journey and now the work that he does in helping other people as well. I personally love the guy, so I hope that you enjoy this week's episode and that you find the conversation as nourishing and as helpful as, as I do. The Burnt Chef Project is proudly sponsored by Lamb Weston a leading provider of innovative, high-quality potato products created for chefs to help operators thrive both today and tomorrow. Working carefully with sustainably-minded farmers and growers, Lamb Weston provides potato solutions for every type of kitchen, from premium British chips and fries to potato shapes, wedges and mash. To find out more, head to lambweston.eu or search your partner in potatoes. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Things happening, things going on. Working on quite a few things to release very soon. A lot of hospitality focus coming up. So, yeah, exciting things going on. Good. Are you starting to see a bit of a shift happening in terms of where conversations are going at this moment in time? Are you finding that things are starting to get a little bit more progressive? Definitely. I mean, you know as well as I know, for me, it's been quite difficult because what I do is a little bit, it takes a little bit of, let's say, convincing because there's misconceptions of the the practices that I do being woo-woo and, you know, but what I'm finding is there's a lot more conversations opened up and people are starting to talk and reach out and actually, rather than go, oh, mindfulness or meditation and kind of not give it a second thought people are actually asking okay so talk to me about it tell me what it's about and and what do you mean by this inside out approach and stuff like that so gently those conversations are starting to open up because I think places companies and individuals are just looking for something else another something to add to the things that we already do and the things what we've got and I think it's, although most of the stuff that I talk about is thousands of years old, I think it's it's another step in the progression for individuals and the industry. What's driving that, do you reckon? You know, why are people suddenly turning to thousands of years old practices now rather than five, ten years ago? Things tend to start coming back around, don't they? I know it's taken a long time, but actually in America, 
the whole mindfulness movement has been pretty um pretty hardcore since like the 80s um early 90s with John Kabat-Zinn but the truth is what I believe this might not be everyone else is because it hasn't been put to the forefront in a way that's accessible to everyone and I think the spiritual people have almost kept it safe and it needs to be spoken about in a way where we can go okay these have great historical lineage there's this spirituality behind it these practices come from thousand year old practices but let's not hold them so tight let's open up and actually go these are techniques there's a level you can go from actually saying okay these are techniques they help you do a work in as opposed to a workout that's how i kind of look at it as well a work in and they're actually accessible to everyone so let's take the techniques and talk about them as techniques so then People can actually not get scared of what we're talking about and they can actually, it's simplifying it in a way that people go, okay, so I don't have to run around dancing and chanting. It's just sitting down and concentrating (laughs) on my body or my breath and actually becoming in tune with the mind and body actually as one rather than the mind running off and the body running off here. And I genuinely think it's two of those things. So it's the way that we we talk about it, but also actually the more spiritual based people is just to let go of that tight grip on it and just go, okay, yeah. You know, because people are scared that it gets mainstreamed and actually pulled apart. As we always do, like humanity, we take something, don't we? That's really great. And then we bastardize it and take it apart and stuff. So I think it's part to do with that. But it's great to see now, especially in an industry that I do love so, so dearly. And it is great to see because, as you know, what I do is my journey. So it's literally every practice that I practice is part of my journey that helped me to to heal. And the message that I'm starting to spread with this is, which I think is actually tweaking some, some light bulbs within people, is we spend an awful lot of time trying to feel better but we don't spend enough time trying to heal better. And we need to do both, right? And that's the thing. So that's the message now. Well, that is society, isn't it? We want that thing that makes us feel better. That kitten playing fucking piano on Instagram or that pizza at the end of a service or perhaps it is drink or drugs or whatever it might be. We take these things in order to soothe ourselves without actually understanding what was driving that behavior in the first place. And and I think that's quite a profound point that we're only six minutes in and I've not even introduced you and we're already getting like the paradigm shifts coming in. I love it. <laughs> we chase dopamine, Chris. That's it. Dopamine wants more dopamine. You know, dopamine breeds off dopamine and we chase dopamine. So... <laughs> It's all addiction. Yeah, yeah, right. And it comes up in our training a lot at the moment when we're talking about stress reduction and unhelpful coping mechanisms. And the first thing that comes up now, it used to be drink. It used to be perhaps you know smashing down a, a, a bag of Calibo chocolate or whatever it might be. But actually, now it's I just find myself stuck in a scroll loop and I take my phone off charge. And next thing you know, I look at my battery and I've got 60% because I've been doing it unknowingly for an 
hour and I feel shit about myself. And it's really, there's, there's far too many distractions, I think, at this moment in time. Or not, again, it comes down to what we're going to talk about is not enough education about what you can do to spot those, stop them, and actually knowing what you can swap it with as opposed to just going, oh, well, there's this boredom and void now, so what else am I going to find to fill it? It's easy access to things, isn't it? And the, the problem is all of these things that are really bad for us, the Netflix binges, the picking all up different foods, the, the drugs, the drink. The thing is, what we're trying to do subconsciously is we're trying to soothe our nervous system, aren't we? That's what the body, we're trying to soothe this nervous system that's always in fight or flight. And all of these things, the cigarettes, the weed, all it actually works so well to soothe the nervous system but it's what happens if we keep doing it whereas we can soothe our nervous system by using our breath instead of smoking or doing all these things so that's the difficult bit it's all of these things that we reach for that are easy they actually do the job and they soothe the nervous system but it's the long-term effects that we really want to break you know it's that quick it's that quick fix so before we get too far in because you and i we know each other quite well i consider you a, not just a friend but an Absolutely. incredible forward-thinking leader in the in the in the field of well-being and, and one that you know as the burnt chef project we try and support and i try and support wherever i can but for those who don't know you and haven't been fortunate enough to come across yourself or your work shane like how did you get into this where were you and what made you start to look at this as a as not just a, a self-healing mechanism, but one that you wanted to share with other people? I've been a chef for 22 years. I don't call myself a chef anymore because I don't feel I've got that right to. I've not been in a professional kitchen for four years, but it's been a journey, Chris. 10 years living with depression, anxiety, and it very much a journey of up and down. I started as a resilience company just within hospitality because actually resilience training helped me pull myself out of a depression nutrition sleep relationships movement all those pillars of resilience as that because I knew you know I've been struggling for a long time in and out of lots of drug use and all of the the typical stuff my story is is no different to thousands and thousands of chefs out there but I felt like I needed to do something because actually I thought I'd nailed it so many times and what happened is I realized, actually, even though I was doing all this stuff right, the stuff that I just mentioned, I actually dropped back into depression again, um, not long before lockdown, actually, where my anxiety was at its worst, actually physically being sick on the way to work. That's how anxious I was. And I'd already started the meditation and stuff and, you know, looking into mindset and how we think. But I wasn't actioning it because I wasn't in a great place. And then actually what happened is I actually just, it came up. It was, I lose track of time now, but it was, it was months and months before lockdown actually happened. I'd found a spiritual teacher on Instagram. He's an, he's an author and spiritual teacher. And I contacted him and he started talking to me about consciousness and awareness. And he said, you're not your thoughts or your, your emotions. You're the observer of those things. I was like, what? What does that even mean? And he did this little technique, which I use now. Do you want to? Do you want me to? I'll talk you through it now. Basically, this is how he said you can separate from identifying with 
certain things in your life, like anxiety, depression, and all this stuff. And this will be the beginning of setting you free, and it really was. So if you just close your eyes just for a second, and what I'm going to say is I'm going to ask you to get rid of certain things that talk about. So as if in your imagination, they just disappear and don't exist anymore. So first of all, I'd like you to diminish or get rid of like it never existed, your house, your car, your finances, your possessions. Now notice that the world around you, nature, begins to disappear and diminish. And now you haven't got a name. You haven't got a job title. There's no more depression or anxiety because it's not yours. Allow it to disappear. Now your body goes. You have no body. Now you have no thoughts, positive or negative. And what are you left with? Now open your eyes. What you're left with, awareness of all of the things that you just got rid of. So you're still something and that is who you are. You are awareness of all these things. And that's why we suffer, because we're identified with all of the things. When you can come back to just being awareness, you can observe everything. You become the observer of your thoughts and you can make decisions about them. And that's one of the most prolific things that completely changed the way that I really frame things. And that's when my journey really, really started. In the format that it's in now, my healing started then like actual healing. And as I healed jasper started merging along that journey as well i mean for anyone else who's just taken part in that at the same time i felt calm and peaceful so especially as, as soon as i imagined i didn't have a house a car and i was just stood in a field just observing the world and i felt lush i felt like a weight had just been lifted off my mm. chest i felt a bit sad when you said you know imagine nature's not there i felt i felt like yeah, i felt yeah. like i just lost something but all that other crap yeah i was quite happy to be glad of it to be to be free to exist without having to be shackled by any of these things Exactly. And that's an interesting thing about the nature and it's about identification because, yes, we have all these things that help us to feel good. But when you look at it, the truth is internally we are that. We talk about thoughts. This isn't the way because I asked them for more explanation and it was like, let's look at it. You talk about thoughts. I had a thought last week. So you, then you can talk about the thought. So it's separate from you. The only problem is in our day-to-day -day automatic pilot, every thought that comes into our head, we believe it because we're caught in it and we become it. So when you do what we've just done, and the reason that changed my shift is because for the first time ever, I could take a breath and actually observe my thought pattern. Like, oh, that was negative. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to listen to that because I'm actually just awareness of everything. Ah. Oh. It gives me goosebumps when I talk about that and also motions because that really was something that was so 
so powerful for me, you know, to understand that we we identify, right, my anxiety, my depression. Who are you, Chris? Oh, I'm Chris. I own the Burnt Shirt Project, blah, 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 blah. But actually, that name isn't you. It's something your parents gave you. The Burnt Chef Project isn't you. So actually, who are you? And actually, when you take, I'm Shane, I'm a chef who was depressed. No, get rid of all of them. They're just things you've been given. Who are you? And that is the, the point of that exercise. You are just awareness of all them things. I resonate with that statement quite quite strongly because for anyone who's listened to this podcast before or for anyone who's new, you know, one of my big issues was I had a full-on identity crisis because I'd never established who I was back in my adolescence. I'd never, ever got that. I was always who everyone else wanted me yeah. to be. And it wasn't until about five or six years ago where I embraced who I needed to be that actually everything else started to slot into place and that inner confidence grows and that intrinsic value grows and you start to find your core values. But we do, we're never taught to be ourselves. You know, people will often tell us, just just be yourself, just, just be yourself. That's perfectly fine. But saying just be yourself to someone who doesn't know who they are is almost Most like people, it's 99% of people don't Chris that's the thing 99% of people don't because they've never thought of it as for instance the, the way we just did it or actually people often say and I used to use, I use it a lot is I need to find myself and actually I look at it like this this is was another big thing that I always use think about it like this who are we when we're trying to discover who are we and we we talk about getting rid of all these identities. Actually, it's the identification a lot of the time that creates a lot of suffering or the identity that other people want us to be and we can't match that. That's the type of suffering. So I think about it like this for identity purposes. Imagine, just think about when we're born, right? We're born curious. We're born adventurous, open, non-judgmental, unconditional love. We embrace joy. Our whole sense of being a human is happiness. We are born. That's natural to be happy. And then we start getting older. We get to one, two, and we start seeing stress, arguments, things going on on the telly, war, all this sort of stuff. And we learn how to be horrible to people and, and, and how to, we learn how to be how to have prolonged stress not just fight or flight that's natural it's the prolonged mind-made stress we learn that we learn how to be anxious and worry and we we're adding all these layers on and then what we do is we go fuck we're depressed we're anxious what can we do and we add more layers on and then we feel better because we had all these other layers on don't we but then actually You've created, you've added all these things to try and make yourself feel better and try and get some identity back of who you really are because we look at it as we're searching to find ourselves. But actually, let's just strip back a little bit because this is all where we actually, and we're feeling better. So take back, let's go back, let's take the feeling better stuff off, which is all great. We need to do it all the time, all the time, just make that. And then what we're back to, we're back to all the layers that were added on. So now I'm an aggressive 
person. And actually, them layers, I was taught to be aggressive. So this is where we can go, ooh, that's where that comes from. I remember this time, often, often, I learned that because of this scenario. And when we can actually, okay, let's peel all these layers off, all this false identity, these onion peels, and we get back to the child, then guess what? We're back to adventure, curiosity, calm, unconditional love, non-judgment, because we've got rid of all the bullshit and all the, the layers, and then we can go, okay, we've got rid of all the limiting beliefs and all the crap we've known, we can refresh, and now I've peeled these layers off, I'm going to put them layers back on, the feeling better, the feeling good stuff, and now we have a full circle from root right through to the top, and we've pulled all the false identity out, and there we have who we really are. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, having done a fair bit of work in that area, it's not an easy process that 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 takes, you know, that oh. takes time, that takes periods where you think fucking hell this is impossible in order to be able to build dig deep, pull out that thorn or pop that blister that's been causing you issues and go fucking hell that hurt, but it's all right. It's gone now. So short-term pain for long-term gain, right? Oh, yeah, it takes but work. Where do people begin with that? Like how someone's listening to this now going, God, you know what? Yeah, I, perhaps I have built up habits or behaviors that have been influenced by the world or by people around me. How do they take that first step into addressing that and to starting to remedy that? I don't believe personally that we need to go into the depths of things that happen in our lives to heal from them. We just need to understand where they came from, right? We, we actually don't need to go into the depths and, and, and really it's just understanding where this kind of belief came from. So it's actually looking at, I've got this, I've got this way of looking at things and there's this kind of wellness tree, I guess. And what it does is, it's got the roots, okay? And this is the best way I can explain it for people. And then I'll tell you kind of a way of looking at it. So the roots of the tree, kind of your limiting beliefs, okay? Or, or your, your belief systems in general. And then the beliefs that we have create the quality of the thoughts. That's why we all think differently in the same scenarios. They create the quality of our thoughts, our beliefs that are within our very being, our mind, our heart, our soul. They create the quality of the thoughts. The quality of the thoughts then create how we feel, our emotions, okay, how we feel about things. And then how we feel about those things then create our actions or our inactions. And that's how we get the results that we want. Now, often we just go, okay, what actions can we take to get the results that we want? That's the hamster wheel. So anyone listening, we can go that little bit deeper and we can go right down. Now, it does go a little bit further than the, the beliefs, which is the roots, because actually the soil is the thing that happened or the repetition of something like, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be good enough from a teacher or something like that. Them things that you hear, and that's the soil. Then that creates the belief that you think, oh, I'm never, I'm actually never going to be good enough to accomplish these dreams and these, and then you feel crap about it, low vibration, and then your thoughts about the situation are really poor. 
and then negative, and then that makes you feel emotionally drained, sad, upset, angry, and then you there's no action, and then there's no results. So what we can do is we can do it backwards, Chris, and this is this is how we can look at it. We can go, okay, what results are we not happy with in life right now? We go right to the top of the results first. And we go, right, what result in life are we not happy with right now? And then we go back one. What actions or inactions are we taking that's given us these results that we don't want? And then it starts opening up and going, oh, actually, because we're, we're right where we usually start now. So what actions or inactions have given you these results that you don't want? And then go back one. How do you feel when you think about that? Oh, okay, yeah, I feel. What thoughts are fueling the way you feel? So we're going back again. And then you can go, okay, so what sort of belief would fuel these thoughts? And then people could go, okay, I keep saying to myself, I'm not good enough. And this is how you find out your limp, the belief behind that scenario. And then once you know it, you've, you you can go, okay, well, that's not true. It's just something someone used to say. And now you know where it came from. You cross out where it came from because now you know the soil. You don't need that. What you need is the limiting belief. You know where it came from. Your mind has registered it. Cut it off. Get rid of the soil. Now we've got the limiting belief. And now you've broken it because you know it's not true. And that's how we can, can do it. And that's something that we can we can share to people. It's and and it's really it's simple but really powerful mate honestly i'm grinning like you can you're sort of smirking at me because you see me grinning like a cheshire cat because i'm having flashbacks to the time when i've established a few times in my life where those beliefs have come from those limitations to your your skills or your accomplishments or whatever it might be to your dreams and aspirations and you track it back and if you track it back far enough you can find that it is often enough it's it's either a a thought that you've had yourself or b one that's been influenced by someone else and once you can identify that then you can start to challenge almost like challenging that past like challenging that moment in time and going yeah. wait what makes you so fucking knowledgeable about what i can i can achieve and what i can't achieve like the only person that has a say in that is me or you you know that oh, that's yes exactly that's only something that you know and so so often we get caught in this cycle don't we and it's you know it might resonate from childhood or from something that's happened or an event but it shouldn't define you like your only definition is how you think at this moment in time that you are capable of and what you're capable of achieving 100 percent, exactly and it's questioning our own perception of things that has been influenced by and um, those things that have that have happened and it's it's breaking that cycle of going what can i do to get the results i need rather than going why 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 ask the why's why do i feel like this why do i think like this where does this thought process come from and it's something you said that it's really important for everyone to know is yes probably 90 percent of these behaviors actually stemmed from childhood things that happened or things that we've taken on we've seen around us that we might not be able to even remember they don't all come from childhood don't get me wrong most of them actually do up until we're like 12 year old like it's the most influential time for setting these belief systems within us 
and that's a really that's really important to, to to say as well so people kind of under understand and then all of the extra stuff is built from that basic belief that was created by a traumatic experience or something that was just continuously told to you or continuously within your vision happening and often we don't look that far back do we Chris that's the thing that's why we end up two years I feel amazing and you're doing everything right this is my experience and probably many other people's and then suddenly out of nowhere you're back into depression into anxiety and it's when we can go on that through that tree that we can start healing and that's what I mean by you know healing better We've got feeling better, but that is healing better when you find out where it's from. And then when you find out where it's from, you can kind of reprogram your emotional outcome of, of the initial um, incident, you know, mind and body practices. That's really important. So, so yeah, that's that's been instrumental in my whole healing process. And that's kind of what I like to talk about now to to help others yeah and again you and i have spent a lot of time drinking coffee and sitting down and talking exploring these subject matters and yeah i get i get the reticence of people to get involved in this because they do you know you talk about trees and onions and you talk about healing and all of this sort of stuff and people go oh this is too too far too far out there for me i'm I'm a little bit but i wonder in a, in the red pill society where everyone wants the immediate fix i wonder whether or not you like the 90 day plan to make yourself more resilient like i don't know whether or not there's you know it seems a massive shame to have to have to redesign or reword things in order just for get people to get access to things that are actually quite useful to them it's conditioning chris we've been conditioned especially within hospitality a lot of us are institutionalized like literally for me i was for years mate this came across my path and i just ignored it because I'm a con- shut up, <laughs> you know, conditioning. But hopefully it's, you know, when people like you are bringing these these podcasts to the forefront, this is what we need people to to actually, actually, yeah, he's, you know, this isn't so much about what I perceive it to be. It's actually a lot more accessible and simple. And I think a big thing as well is with these practices, we almost, we take more accountability for ourselves See, I've taken full responsibility for the way I think, the way I feel, the way I act and stop blaming everything on the outside world. And that's because of understanding these practices, right? Because essentially another thing that is, it just, I think about it all the time because I go deep into the mind stuff. It's like, if we say to each other, what's what's pissing you off Chris what's stressing you out you're gonna go oh this person did this and you know my car white up my tires flat and you know I need this done and none of that we we blame all this stuff and then if you think about it like this how can your flat tire be really making you feel so angry and pissed off and how can you know your your, this person you're giving them even things that are just things this power over you because the reality is none of the things that are going on in our everyday life that we blame, like the people and the broken things and stuff, are actually doing that to us. It's the way that we think about those things. And guess what? The way that we think about those things is through our belief systems, things we've learned, things we've seen. If I see someone in my family going crazy over a flat tire or something similar, going, yeah, fucking, and I learn that, that's what I'm going to do. That's why Pete goes, oh, it's only a flat tire. I don't care. And then, John goes, are you working? It's a flat tire. Because all of these are learned, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) 
So when we can take responsibility through these this understanding and stop blaming everything around us and go, no, I'm going to take responsibility now because obviously fight or flight, very natural, it happens. It's the carry on. It's what the thoughts we create after that that actually create all the suffering that we suffer, right? It's not the, it's not the natural fight or flight. It's the, the overthinking and trying to make meaning out of everything that actually creates the suffering. I've got a little thing about making meaning. Can I, do you want to close your eyes again? It's just a quick one. Yeah, it's yeah, go, go for it because I'll talk a little bit about me searching for meaning at the at the ripe old age of 15 and the impact that that had on me because it wasn't oh yeah it wasn't it wasn't good for me at that moment in time but yeah let's let's so i'm shutting my eyes go for it right so what i'm going to do is i'm going to read a few sentences okay slowly i'm just going to pause after each sentence and i'm going to ask you to notice your thoughts and your internal pictures that come with these sentences John was on his way to school. He was really worried about the maths lesson. He wasn't sure that he could control the class today. It was not part of the caretaker's journey. And now open your eyes. So what happened over them four sentences? For for you, who was John at the start when I said John's on his way to school? A small boy. Yeah, and he was worried about the maths lesson. And then the third sentence was he was not sure he could control the class. What happened to John? Grew up and and became a, a teacher. Yeah, a, a, you know, a leader in front of the class. Yeah. Exactly. And then it was not the caretaker's job. So suddenly he went from a teacher to a caretaker. Now, what happens is I literally gave you four sentences. That's it. Four sentences. John was a boy. Then he was a teacher. Then he was a caretaker. And just by that simple thing, what it kind of proves is how we're constantly trying to make meaning out of the smallest bits of information. And often we can get caught in the cycle of making negative meaning out of everything when actually the meaning that we're trying to make out of everything, we see it as a truth. And actually, a lot of the time it's not because John was actually a caretaker, but you thought he was a kid and then a teacher. We all did. <laughs> so we can take a lot from that because when we're in autopilot, we're not taking a moment, we do make meaning out of everything. So actually we're creating a lot of that suffering ourselves. And that that knowing that kind of helps us to take more responsibility to understand Actually, stop blaming everything. I'm going to take a lot of responsibility here and realize that because I'm not stepping back and trying to be an observer of the thoughts, I'm actually becoming them and I'm creating a whole whirlwind of things for myself that are actually not even kind of reality. They're just a whole series of events that I'm getting worried and creating in my own my own mind. And they're completely valid. 100%, all of the way we think it's all valid, 100%, everything is valid. But when we can learn that we can, that how much we create and we can separate, it helps us to break through a lot of that suffering. It's amazing, isn't it? That you, yeah, you're right. There's been stages where you, you, 
come to a conclusion about something based on your either limited understanding or experience of that subject matter or the emotion that you're feeling at that time. And you draw a line in the sand and go, this is how I perceive this to be. And the amount of times, like so, so often now I have to, I absolve myself from having any opinion or any thought process until I've done enough digging to be able to find out the full story. And it's when people come to you now and they go, oh, this person is, you know, this X, Y, or Z. I say, okay, why do you think that? Well, okay, how do you feel when that person is doing that? And what about thinking about it from this slightly different angle? Because it's amazing. The, you get locked into a conversation that goes on for an hour about how bad a job is or how bad the person is that's, that's managing you. And, you know, that might be true. That might be their truth. But then sometimes you'll ask a single question about like, ah, have you ever thought about thinking about it from this way? Or you've mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. Would it be that actually it's a slightly different way of looking at things? And they go, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden it just just drops those walls down. And they go, oh, actually, I'd never thought about it like that before. And you've just completely changed my perspective. Exactly. If you're enjoying this week's episode, consider heading over to our website and supporting our ongoing work in destigmatizing mental illness and creating a healthier, happier, and more sustainable industry by purchasing some of our branded merchandise. We have a whole range of t-shirts, hoodies, chef's jackets, well-being journals, plus a whole host more available on Worldwide Dispatch. All funds raised from sales of these items go towards free-to-access e-learning content, as well as providing free support systems and help for those who may be experiencing difficulty with their mental health. What we can um, teach ourselves is to be able to, um, when we can come out of automatic pilot, and I always say we teach tools so people can become their own coaches. And uh, that's what I did. And that's what you're doing there. You've, you've embodied that whole making meaning out of things and you're able to become the observer and step back out of it. Now, often it's difficult for people to do that themselves because they're in a situation, but it's about helping them understand they can do that by listening to the, the, these conversations. And imagine if everyone could start actually something happens and they just take a step back rather than get, okay, fight. We something happens, we go into fight or flight. But then actually we can stop it there. Okay, let's just acknowledge how we feel rather than fight it. I'm, I'm heightened, I'm pissed off, I'm angry, whatever. But now I have the option. Let's just sit with how I feel. It's okay. And now I have the option to, like you said, and like we've we've kind of talked about in that little exercise is now we can actually respond rather than react. And we can all learn this. We can all have these tools, you know, and it's just a beautiful way to look at things. Something popped up in my head there is an interesting and it's something someone said to me again once and I always carry it is when we look at people and the way they're acting and the way they're acting out in life, I say this because we often judge people, don't we? Oh, they're, an, they're horrible, they're an asshole and all this stuff because they're acting in a certain way. And this is this made a big shift for me. There is no good or bad people on this earth. There is only suffering or non-suffering. Because when people are acting up, they're acting angry, they're acting bad, they do horrible shit to us in the kitchen or they're just mean people, they're not actually 
let's think about it. They're actually suffering in somewhere. So if we can step back and go, actually, rather than judge them, they're suffering in somewhere because actually we're not born like that. We're born happy, curious, adventurous, non-judging. And then we add layers. And this person is covered in layers and that's why they're acting out. So how about speak to them rather than judge them? Because he's not a bad person. He's just suffering. There's no good or bad, suffering and non-suffering. That's... I've, there's two paradigm shifts, specific examples that have happened in the last couple of years that really define that for me. I think the most recent one was, so how's this, right? And you and I talk a little bit about spirituality. I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times. Because for me, that moment that I took control, and there are things that you cannot control, the weather, but you can choose how you respond to the weather like if you leave the house and you get soaking wet is that the weather's fault or is that the fact that you didn't plan and prepare for it and make sure that you were well out of you know you had the right toolkit and so get this right i tell a lot of people that the burnt chef project and, and, and my mission to to help people is very much based on serendipity like if the wind changes a direction and blows a piece of paper in my face you can guarantee it'll be something that i needed to read at that moment in time and that sounds completely and utterly like i'm a space cadet i I get that i completely get that but here's an example and and i hope this chap is listening because i I do wish him well i'm stood on a train platform okay i'm catching a train to london now, this train platform I've never been on before. It's not my usual train station. My usual train station is 40 minutes in the opposite direction. But I'm on this one because the train station has had terrible parking. So I've chosen to drive 40 minutes north towards London in order to be able to get on a different plane and take control of that situation. So I don't have to worry about the fuss and the hassle of trying to find parking you know, and my train's on time. So here I am, I'm stood on stood on the phone, on this platform, parking's been better, and I'm on the phone call to, to one of my team, and some guy, I can, I can sense some, some chap is, is following me around on the, on, the, on the station, and my instant think was, okay, I'm just going to shift over a little bit, because I'm concentrating, but you know, your senses are, are prickling, there's something, right, and eventually this chap comes up to me, and he taps me on the chest, and he goes... I said, sorry, one second. And I took my headphones out. And my instant reaction was, I'm going to put my headphones back in again and carry on the conversation. But instead, I spoke to the person on the phone. I said to my team member, I'm going to call you back. And this chap said to me, Burnt Chef Project, how are you connected? And I said, well, I founded it. And he goes, thank you. He said, it's made such a difference to my life. And I just wanted to build the courage and to have a conversation Anyway, I then sat next to him on this train and we had a conversation and he was talking about some health issues that forced him into a position where he had to choose a career as a chef or a career focusing on his health. And the two at this moment in time with with certain ways that businesses were running, he wasn't able to manage both at the same time. And and we spoke a a little bit of detail about this. and, And I said to him, so you don't live... He mentioned he didn't live around the area. And I said, I, you don't live around this area? And he said, no. And I said, so what are you doing on this train? He said, a relative of mine has just passed away. And 
I'm on the train to go and to sort out the affairs and it only happened yesterday. And all of a sudden, just that whole combination of effects of choosing a different train station, all these small little actions of, okay, taking out the headphones, having a conversation, connecting on some level. And this really lovely, like very genuine, very intelligent man, but suddenly something had, something had quite quite tragic had happened within his life. And who knows what impact that that might have had on that individual. And I'm not to say that he was in any, any degree of, of pain or, or, you know, immediate crisis or suffering, but, you know, that, that just small moment of nicety and to be able to have a conversation could have made a difference between it being a really shit day and an okay day or a day that was natural to feel bad. Exactly, Chris. I really believe we create these circumstances without knowing. Look at all them things that happened. That guy's life's probably changed now from from all of them circumstances happening and being able to actually talk to you. But I truly believe we create these things. If you think about it like this, if you didn't know what you know and took the time to understand, this is what I mean about accountability and taking responsibility for ourselves. Because if you didn't have to do the work on yourself, you would have probably kept your earphones in and gone Fuck, like a lot of people do. Like, what are you doing? What? No, you know back in autopilot, headphones back in. So it all takes, these times are created by the work we put into ourselves. And I truly believe that we, you create, you created that, not purposely creating it because you put that energy out. He needed you that day and it just so happened that you crossed paths. But this all comes, this is so important. This all comes from us healing ourselves and taking that responsibility because that allows us to take a step back to observe situations rather than judge, rather than take our own situations out on others. And what you did there by just taking a moment and putting your call down and actually speaking to him is actually massive. Because like I said, if you haven't done the work on yourself, that that probably that situation would have probably never happened and you probably would have never took your headphones out and spoke to the guy and had that conversation on the train. So that's the work that you put into yourself. And that's something that I always try and Tell people if we can take that responsibility, we really and and understand a lot of the time it's us. In situations, we create situations through the work we do on ourselves. If you think about it like this, I've got kind of one more I've got one more thing that we could kind of understand because that's actually made me think about think about it and how we create situations for ourselves through our own work. Can I ask you just one more time, just for a minute, just to, for you to close your eyes? And I just want to ask you something after it, literally, because it just, it kind of makes sense now you said about that situation. So I want you to think about you're at work, okay, so start visualizing, you're at work, however that looks, and you're feeling really down, you're feeling crap because situation has happened, um, you've had a quarrel, you've had a fight with a colleague. And you're all kind of stressed out. You're all thinking about it. Why this, that and the other. And you see another colleague in the hall. You shout at that colleague and he or she just rushes off and goes, oh, sorry. Sorry, Chris. I need to go. I need to go. I can't stop. And you're kind of, oh, oh, oh. Now just think about how would you think about that colleague? You were stressed, you'd had a crap day, and they just ran off. 
It's one of your good colleagues. Now, imagine this scene. You are absolutely buzzing, feeling happy. You've been praised for all your good work. You see another colleague in the hall. And you go, oh, oh, can you, hey, hey, so-and-so, come over, come here. And they go, oh, sorry, Chris, I'm busy. I need to go. I need to run off quick. How do you feel? How do you think about that person in that situation running off? And now open your eyes. So the first, the first person, you're angry, you're upset, you're pissed off. Some, uh, you've had a quarrel with work. Someone comes over, uh, they're walking past. You call them, oh, oh, you know, Sandra, here. And they just, how do you feel in that moment about that person? You're automatically, you'd, you'd feel negative, don't you? You'd feel like it's either A, a reflection on you or that, that you, would, you would reflect your negative perspective onto that individual and it would be their issue, not, not yours, right? Right. And then what happens when the same person, but the scenario is different, you buzz in, you've had a great day and you call them over and you just kind of, and then they walk off. How do you feel? How do you react? What do you think about them? You'd be perhaps in a position it's where different. you'd be, yeah, you'd be, you'd be caring, right? You'd be curious. You'd be, yeah, you'd be like, oh yeah, no worries. Right. But that person didn't change what they were doing. But one were judging them. The first scenario of calling them names or judging them, like, oh, they can't even stop for a minute. And the other one were like, yeah, 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 no matter what. But they haven't changed what they're doing, that person. It's the same scenario. So the way we're feeling is actually we're creating this reality. And we start judging, oh, and then we go home and tell, oh, we'll start to call thingy over. And they've not done anything different. It's us creating that, that scenario. So when we can become aware of that, even in difficult times, even in difficult times, if we can become aware that we're creating a lot of this this stuff through the way we think and not being aware of that, remember, right, the first thing we did at the start of this call, going back to that awareness, being the observer. If we can become the observer in these times, even in these times of difficulty, when we've had a crap day, we can actually become aware of how we feel and how we're projecting that and actually we can still not have to judge or be angry with that person who didn't stop because we have the understanding that it's not them that's done anything wrong. It's actually how I feel right now that's creating that that feeling, right? And because of what happened with you and that, that, that person, you know, it made me think about that because it can go either way. But I think when you put that work, when you, you understand these concepts, you'll always take that time. To actually understand yeah i think the thing is is that no one in this world is a is a martyr like no one is fucking perfect when it comes to this sort of stuff and there are moments where this job is incredibly stressful when you you're supporting you're supporting a, a lot of people and there are days where it just feels like it's a futile task you know perhaps you're not getting the results that you want or perhaps you've missed something and there are days when that feels really tough and even now you go home and you might take it out on yourself or you might you know take it out in a flippant word to someone else but I think the key thing is that no one is ever going to get to the stage where they are 100% completely passive completely self-aware at all times of the day because you're human but I think what you can aspire to do is get to the stage where you can recognize it more frequently and then you can interject more often that's it 100 percent, 100 percent, and exactly what you just said there and what that does then is 
when you can kind of cultivate it to a certain amount, then actually you 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 create less suffering within because of that awareness. It's like you said, you know, there's all sorts going on and absolutely no one will ever, but it's cultivating it somewhat to a certain degree. So a lot of the time you can, and then you can stop a lot of anger, judgment, which essentially is what's creating your suffering. But where does the anger and judgment come from? It comes from inside. It doesn't come from these people. And that's the key, right? It's these little shifts and these little understandings that are really um, life-changing. I really believe, Chris, everyone in this world, everyone listening to this podcast is so powerful. And a lot of that power is not tapped into and powerful in a way where with certain degrees of understanding ourselves, our inner world, is a, the outer world is a projection. It's, it comes from how we are within. And if we can focus a lot more within, our capabilities are endless. And we can look at things that don't go right as times where we can actually collect wisdom. Because there's probably people listening to this podcast who've got dreams and they never went for them for some reason or they don't believe they can get out of the depression or, an, or feeling anxious. I'm here to tell all of you here that you can. You are all so capable and powerful, so, so powerful. And it's just about tapping, for me, from my experience, it's it's tapping into that inner world, you know, and understanding, not going deeply into, but just understanding what's within the depths of that so we can create, we can grow up that tree rather than start just at the blossom. So we can just create that flow constantly. Yeah, gives me goosebumps because people just accomplish so much out of out of difficult times as soon as they can kind of start understanding and and looking at ways like little shifts, like some of the things we spoke about have changed my life, certainly. And oh yeah, I could go on forever about it. It gives me goosebumps just knowing that everyone that listens to this, you can achieve anything. They just got to understand that belief, that endless belief in themselves. And when you start understanding that a lot of our behaviours and the things we think about are created by what's around us and by other people's beliefs and we've carried them on and we can break them, we start believing more in what we can accomplish. And that raises your internal vibration because we're just the big vibrating thing of energy. We either vibrate low or we vibrate high. So when we can understand that we can control these, that we can be in more control of these things, the vibration's higher, so we feel happier, not from a place of something's making me feel happier, but I am making me feel happier. And I will not chase things to be happy because I can make myself happier. And that is where true happiness lies. It's within. Yeah, Otherwise, right. every millionaire in the world would be like buzzing and happy, and they're not because it's the outside things we chase for happiness that creates suffering. So it's that internal stuff right here. I know. It's funny. Every single time we do training, one of the last bits I end on is self-care. And we touch upon the importance of connection, the importance of exercise, you know, the importance of discovering, you know, new things, building that neuroplasticity, that ability yes. to learn and withhold information, those neuropathways. Yes. But the two things that always get us raised eyebrows is the mindfulness 
a key component to a good mental hygiene routine. And often enough, people haven't ever explored it. And you have a few people, your headspace and calm have been good introductions for people. And then the other one that really does is where you lose 90% of the audience is when you talk about giving and offering an intrinsic value. And when you talk about the benefits that helping others, helping the environment, picking up rubbish that's not your own and putting it in the bin and not not asking for thanks or reward those small acts are so nourishing but that is where people go yeah now i'm out yeah i you know i was with the exercise bit i was with the you know with the connection i can kind of get those but doing stuff no i that has no benefit surely you're just trying to you know trying to get us to fundraise for you whatever it might be no so the, the interesting thing about that chris is Nothing is nourishing unless you believe in it. So what you just said there is part of parcel of like that high vibration, right? These these simple things that you've said that loses the audience. And again, it always comes down to the belief and what we've been taught. So when we lose an audience, when we talk about that stuff, it's why do you not feel that? Why do you feel like, you know, and again, it comes down to what people have taught. Been coming up everything always goes back to in 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 essence the beliefs behind that stuff and it's funny how nourishing picking someone else's rubbish up and putting it in a bin can be if you believe in it if you feel if you understand yeah that's great because this planet is i am this planet like it's all within me do you get what i mean without going down too much down the spiritual route you get what i mean like we we, we are of this earth and it's important to do that stuff and yeah, it's just all, it just all essentially comes down to what we've been taught. And one of the biggest things to remember, because everything, all our perception of everything is essentially what we've been taught, right? But if it doesn't serve us, it's, it's, if we can give ourselves permission and time to actually question our perception, our thought process about something, give ourselves permission to do that, that's super powerful. That's super powerful. And it's often just giving ourselves permission to actually have those conversations about why don't I want to do that? Why do I believe that? And stuff like that. So so essentially that's what it comes down to. But yeah, we've got to give ourselves permission to do it as well. And when we know that most of our internal, everything stems from, from, from within, we can make such massive shifts, such big shifts. And sometimes a bit of guidance as well. I mean, when I think back to trying to ascertain why I felt in certain ways, and and when I first experienced a really, really deep seated depression, it was I came to a conclusion there was no point in being around. There was no point in being around, and that that was a a conclusion I'd come to at the ripe old age of fifteen, full of hormones as well. So you know, there's a lot going on in life and 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 biologically, and that sunk me quick. And sometimes it takes a friend, a family member, a conversation that actually sits with you and and percolates sometimes. And and that can be difficult when you're in the throes of something like a depression. But you just sometimes need that. You need that helping hand because in reality, that self-awareness is, I mean, I don't know what the scientific percentages are because self-awareness, you can't, you can't measure it. You know, there are certain things that you can do to, to measure, but clinically you can't sit down with a spreadsheet and go, ah, yes, that person is a hundred percent self-aware. And I think that we have to be, you know, be 
if you are curious about hearing what we've spoken about, if you want to learn more, then do write down your thoughts. Do reach out to Shane at Jasper Wellbeing. Do speak to a friend or family member and try and gain some clarity. And that clarity might not be instantaneous, but start that work and start that journey. Yeah, sometimes it takes just one little conversation or not to someone who actually understands themselves to help you to actually start that journey of self-awareness, right? Because that's what happened. I was so, I lacked any self-awareness whatsoever. I wasn't in tune with the signs that were coming from my body, with my thought processes, where they come from. There was, there was literally, I was so out of tune and it took somebody, it took me talking to somebody and reaching out to actually realize that there's such a thing as self-awareness and self-awareness, not just by knowing I'm depressed or I'm anxious, but self-awareness by knowing the whys, hows, the whens. So it's that little conversation that can start that journey of of self-awareness. So important. There's loads of cycles, isn't there, within the whole realm of this, and there's loads of cycles that can happen. And although I said, you know, we've got limiting beliefs, or belief systems is the roots, then the thoughts, and then the feelings, and then the actions, there's also a loop that happens here. Unless you break, that can happen here. If it's limiting, limiting belief, poor thoughts, feelings, feelings create more poor thoughts. And then all these different cycles can happen throughout, right? But it's the action. It's it's knowing, just knowing that there's a straight tree that actually can break the cycles. And it's them little bits of, them little nuggets of knowledge that can help us to build or become more aware of that self-awareness and help to help to build it. You and I are in danger of, of doing what we usually do, which is booking a certain amount of time and then losing ourselves in, you know, the, the, inner, <laughs> the, the inner workings of spirituality and brains awareness and all sorts. So to try and bring this onto some sort of track, because, uh, you know, I'm hoping that if anyone has, has stuck with us for the, for the last over an hour, then this has been useful i mean i always find these these conversations incredibly interesting and you know there's always key takeaways from this but to try and draw this to a a healthy close and and perhaps leave people wanting to learn more what have you got coming up shane where can people find you if they were looking at perhaps even if they just wanted to reach out and say hi and have a conversation what's in the works over the next couple of months and what can people do to find you so i've got all sorts of things going on from really spiritual to kind of non-spiritual i've got mindfulness courses mindfulness now which i do which is um, more focused on it's non-spiritual you talk about where it came from and buddhism but it's very much about learning techniques about formal and informal mindfulness so we can experience life for what it is rather than what it isn't as an example of basic mindfulness it's talking about mindful walking where we can actually go for a walk somewhere that we've walked a million times and start noticing the thing, the oak tree that we never noticed that we walked past 200 times, noticing the the sounds and the birds and, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's that type of understanding the depths of mindfulness. And then I've got cacao ceremonies. I do very spiritual cacao ceremonies, shamanic drumming experiences where we're doing meditation. We're drinking cacao, which is very, it's a superfood. helps us deeply to open up and share our, emotions and experiences i'm starting men's circle i don't have a day i'm starting a men's circle we get a talking stick 
you stand up, you speak your truth, and we support each other. You are held in circle of all men in a yurt somewhere. We do some meditation, some breath work, and we just talk. We stand with our stick in our power, and we speak and we support. And then, yeah, there's all sorts of, you know, I do one-to-one coaching and all sorts of stuff, things on the topics we've spoke about. My website is jasperwellbeing.com. And again, I'm on LinkedIn, Shane Cook, Jasper Wellbeing. Instagram is where I spend a lot of my time, at Shane underscore Jasper Wellbeing. Yeah, it'd be great. Please, please don't hesitate. If you're listening to message me with questions, I will always answer back as soon as I can. So please feel free to reach out to me in all different elements of social media because I'd love to to speak to anyone who feels that they may want to learn more or that they something's touched them in some way and they just feel a spark. So I'm here. Nicely done. And for people who are interesting from a corporate point of view or for their teams wanting to learn more, we do offer some training together, don't we, in which we, we, we get you to come in and we, we do a, a whole workshop on, on building resilience and tackling stress and, and breath work and, and a whole lot of goodness. Yeah, so we've got, an intro, we've got an introduction. It's in three parts. It's where the first part we talk about how we think and limiting beliefs. So very much what, a lot of what we spoke about today. The second part of that workshop is breath work. So learning the basics of breath work to work with our nervous system fight or flight, rest and digest so we can shift our body on purpose and take control of that when we need to. And then the third part is just learning about mindfulness, formal and informal. So you get some really three nice kind of like introductions to these three elements, which is the bits that I specialize in, basically. So yeah, you can find that on the Burnt Chef Project website. Yeah. And and honestly, do reach out to to Shane. He's a fantastic human being. He's got time and good energy for anyone. So, you know, it doesn't matter what country you're in, if you're listening from the States or from America or Australia, obviously States is America, you silly boy. <laughs> time for another coffee, I think. <laughs> but you know, that don't let the don't let geography and landmass be barriers to accessing a healthy conversation so you know we live in the modern day now i don't see i don't see eight hour time differences or anything like that as a barrier anymore these are all things that are easily overcome so do reach out to shane or, or to ourselves if if you want to and dude again thank you ever so much i'm looking forward to getting that next coffee coffee date in as soon as the wheels slow down just a tad allow me to hop off and take some time to spend with you so definitely that's it. I just want to say to everyone at the end, in all seriousness, you are capable of anything if you understand how you can believe in it. If you believe in it, you can do anything, honestly. So if you're listening, hopefully take this as a, actually, yeah, I can. And I'm going to find out how I can do that, how I can be that, how I can go there, how I can accomplish this, whether it's mentally, emotionally, in your physical world, you're so powerful, so... Yeah, tap into that. You can do anything. Cheers, mate. All the best. Thank you. Amen, brother. Dude, thanks ever so much. Speak to you soon.